0: This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to another in conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite global podcast platform. This is CliffCentral.com. Uncensored, unscripted, unradio. And this is the show where you get to meet the people I'm lucky enough to meet on my world of travels across the conferencing space. As a speaker, I get to work with some amazing individuals from all over the world. My guest on this podcast is no exception. He is, how about this, the top recommended sales speaker and trainer globally. His name is Andy Preston. He comes from not too far from my birthplace, where he's joining us now, from on Skype, Manchester in the UK. And Andy Preston, oh boy, I'm I'm delighted to have you on this programme. How are you, sir?
1: I'm great, thank you very much, Michael. Great to be on here.
0: How does that feel, to be known as the top globally recommended sales speaker and trainer on the planet?
1: Yeah, it's pretty nice, to be fair. It's, uh, it's hopefully a nice reflection of the work I do and the results that I get from my clients.
0: How did you come into selling in the first place, Mr Preston?
1: Well, it was a bit unusual, Michael, to be honest, in that my, uh, my original decision on a choice of career... Um, when I came into business, was a professional buyer. So actually, I sat on the other side, and and my job, as I like to say in my speeches, was to to beat up salespeople for a living.
0: Wow. So obviously, the expertise in there has helped you enormously when you're looking at it now from the other side of the desk.
1: Absolutely, yeah, both in my sales career, because I understood what buyers and decision-makers were thinking, and now in my training and speaking career, where I'm looking at the psychology of how people make buying decisions, and how salespeople and businesses can tap into that.
0: Now, as a salesman yourself in a previous career, you were working in a fairly tough environment, as I understand it. What was that all about?
1: Yeah, I, I having been made redundant as the company got taken over from my buying role, I thought, what do I fancy doing? I fancy a crack at this sales stuff, mainly because the people who had been to try and sell to me weren't that good. Um, and I thought I could make a, a better stab at doing it than they could. So I took a job in what I believe to be one of, if not the most commodity industries in the world, printing and office supply sales. Wow. I hadn't realized at the time how competitive it was, but I literally had 150 competitors all selling out of the same catalog uh, that we used from the wholesaler. Uh, price, so Service was the same. Quality was the same. Everything was exactly the same, apart from the fact that because I worked for a franchise, we had to pay a 15% royalty fee to head office. So I had to charge more than everyone else by 15% for exactly the same thing.
0: So in a massively commoditized marketplace, you're 15% yeah. more expensive and you chose this as a sales career.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think I quite realized that at the time. Uh, and, and then the job was hundred percent new business as well. So it was, uh, it was a pretty tough start, a bit of a, a rude awakening to the, uh, the world of sales. Definitely.
0: I guess what you had to do was stand out from the crowd. How did you do it?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I started off and I found it tough. It was a, it was all cold calling and new business to start with. And I, I was kind of got a bit down, a bit depressed over the first couple of months. And then I kind of reached a moment where I thought, I've got to think about this differently. I've got to make a, a better go of this job to even have a chance of survival. So I kind of just mentally changed my mind about it and kind of reframed it to myself and thought, well, hang on a minute. If I'm selling the same thing as everyone else, nobody can beat me on quality. Nobody can beat me on service. Nobody can beat me on any of the other things. If I can position more value than other people in what I bring to the process, then people will not only buy from me, but happily pay 15% more to work with me. So that was the forerunner of, of what I call my standout selling sales methodology, which was all about the difference that the individual can make in the sales process.
0: How did you create that value then?
1: Well, it was about, people say to me, you know, why should I buy from you? I'm happy with who I use. And I would say, well, with other people, you don't get me. You don't get what I bring to the party. You don't get my level of, of service and how much I care about, you know, getting stuff to you on time and looking after you, et etc. et cetera. So the, the whole standout selling methodology was about what the individual brings to the party. And I believe that as business becomes more commoditized and that it's harder than ever to stand out um, in the world on your brand or your product or your service or anything like that. I believe the individual is more important in the sales process right now than ever before in history.
0: Did it mean you had to be always available, always on, always connected and always changing?
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, we, we've we talked about this a lot, Michael, as well, in that, you know, when I first started in sales, we could send a, you know, a customer would ask for a quotation, we could send it out in the post, follow it up seven to ten days later and they'd be happy to receive the call, be ready to buy. Now, if you haven't followed up within seven to ten minutes, you might well have lost the sale. So it's, it's most definitely changing. Taking advantage of technology and any advancement, any edge that I could get was, was vital for me.
0: Did it make you work harder or just smarter?
1: Um, well, a, initially to start with, I do think, and this is something that I talk about in my speeches, I do think that activity is still important. So certainly when you're starting in a role, sometimes you ring somebody that happens to need exactly what you're selling, and sometimes it just comes to you via luck. Well, obviously, the more calls you make, the more lucky you're going to get. So there's an argument for for working harder from that point of view. And I did used to like the fact that I would be out there when other people wouldn't. When it was raining and I had to go out face-to-face cold calling, I'd love it because it'd make most of my competitors sat in a coffee shop. They'd have an office day. They wouldn't be out there doing it, and I would. But I think from a working smarter point of view, I looked at the advantages of technology, you know, email was just coming into the fore, how I could reinforce things with people, I could create connections on some networking platforms that started to appear a number of years ago, uh, and just anything that would give me the edge over the competition.
0: You know, when people talk at conferences and they go, oh, we've got a sales speaker coming up, let's face it, you're also in a commoditized market of speakers. Everybody wants to speak on sales, and yet you've done what you did in your previous market. You've become the top recommended global sales speaker and trainer around the world. Was it the same principles that applied within your standout selling platform?
1: Yeah, I believe it was, Michael. And for me, I look at it having been a top-performing salesperson myself. Um, I became the top salesperson in my, in my company, in my industry. Um, then I was promoted to sales manager and sales director. I've always taken the view that, thinking back to my old sales director days, if I'm bringing somebody in to speak at my conference or to train my sales team, I want to get a return on my investment as quickly as possible. I want the guys selling more. I want them closing more deals. I want them closing more at higher value. And I guess that's the approach I've taken to train in speaking, which if you are to look at my um, my results, particularly on my LinkedIn profile, I think the, the fact that I get results and the kind of results I get it have got me to that position and get me recommended and referred far off than than anyone else.
0: And you have global Facebook groups where people join in, get sales tips from you. I know that you post from all across the world because you're traveling all around the world. I mean, you're based in Manchester, but I mean, I've caught you on a rare day in England. Normally you're in Dubai, South Africa, Australia, Europe, working your backside off, literally, aren't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think because... I've got a lot of work internationally, the more work I've done internationally, the more value I have to bring to an international audience. So certainly when I've worked in in certain countries, they value the perspective I bring from other countries. Or if a client has a, a mixed group of different nationalities, then because of the amount of work I've done all over the world, it's very easy for me to work with those kind of groups and give more value than somebody that perhaps has has mainly worked in their own country, for example.
0: Are the principles of selling the same across the world? We hear that people are 99.9% DNA-wise the same. Do you think it works that way in the world of sales as well?
1: Uh, Yes, to a degree, Michael. Yeah, the the basic principles of sales don't change. As long as you can find somebody with a need, position your product or service to fill that need, and and sell them at the right price for both of you, that's pretty common across the world. I think depending what country you're in, the culture might be slightly different. If you're in a different industry, it might be slightly different. The context may always change, um, but the the basic principles stay the same. The key, I think, for me in the work that I've got and the results that I get is because I'm able to adapt to the context a little bit more. I'm able to put it into perspective for people in in their role, in their situation, even advise on individual deals. One of my favorite testimonials is, is from a company called Rackspace, the largest hosting provider in the world that said, Andy Preston helped me close a half a million pound deal. And I sat down with the guy, talked him through it, put it into context, gave my advice on what to do. He sat there made the phone call, closed it, all based on my advice. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of the context I'm able to bring to things and the, the kind of real world sales angle that I can advise my, my audience and delegates on.
0: So you're certainly eating your own lunch and I like to hear that from all of my guests. Um, you talked about fulfilling a need, getting the right position for the product. And um, the third thing you mentioned absolutely intrigued me, the right price for the both of you. Um, because Absolute. it's not just about giving away value, is it?
1: Yeah, you know, and it was interesting because I was having a conversation earlier this week on negotiation. Um, and I asked the, the audience in one of my speeches what negotiation meant. And pretty much every answer that came back was around price. And I said, if, guys, if we're negotiating in price, we're not actually ne- we're negotiating at all. What we are doing is capitulating because you're not negotiating that price up. In most cases, that price has been negotiated down. True negotiation, in my opinion, is how we can structure the deal to maintain the price that we want to charge rather than the price that the, the buyer wants to beat us down to.
0: What's your top piece of advice for anyone in sales listening to our podcast right now?
1: A top piece of advice would be to work on your mindset first. So, in my opinion, the majority of sales is done in the head of the salesperson before they even pick up the phone, before they even walk into that meeting. Most people um, are self-depreciating. They think negative thoughts. They'll walk in and think, oh, the person's got an existing supplier already. They won't be interested in me. We're, we're probably not the cheapest. I'm going to have a price problem, et cetera, et cetera, rather than picking up the phone expecting to make the meeting, thinking it's going to be the most important call that person's going to receive today thinking when you're walking for the meeting they're going to want to use you, you add massive value, and it's about you qualifying whether they're good enough to work with you rather than them deciding if they want to beat you down on price and maybe use you for a commodity. It, most of the sale is taken place in the mind of the salesperson first.
0: Let me give you another example of that and perhaps another reference for you. I mean, I've, I've heard this from you before and I've been trying to put it into practice myself. On rare occasions, my, my office and my bureaus around the world normally get my bookings and agree my fees as a speaker. But I was called into a major bank the other day and uh, I happen to be a customer of the bank, so I'm not going to name them. But their procurement people, four of them, arms folded, sitting across the desk from me, said, you know, we really want you and you know, the, th- the stuff you talk about is going to be super." Herb. Could we ask you though, because your price is a bit expensive? Can we ask you for a discount? And immediately, the image mentally of Andy Preston popped into my mind, and I thought, hang on a second, the right price for the both of you. So I said to them, by return. And I've got to tell you, my backside was closing with a slamming noise as as I did it. But I had the confidence and belief in you, and I said to them, by return, I'm a member of, uh, I'm a customer of your bank, and can I walk into any of your branches next week and go, those bank fees you charged me last month, I don't really like the cost of those. Could we negotiate the price down? I got two bookings at full fee, Mr. Preston. So I have to thank you for that, which is bloody brilliant. Getting my own mindset sorted.
1: Great news, my friend! Great news.
0: Now, I mean, you know, I've had a guest on recently on this podcast, John Sana, You know the guy, the futurist, the uh, the trendsetter, the uh, the innovation guru. John yeah. was talking about living a lifestyle called workation. We got a couple of minutes left, and I, I mean, you're living your dream. You're the top globally recommended sales speaker and trainer on the planet. And wherever I see you on Facebook, and I, I bump into you at airports around the world quite often. But you're always kind of Somewhere in the Middle East, enjoying a beer, watching a rugby sevens game. You're down in Cape Town with Table Mountain behind you. You're over in Romania doing something wild. You're living on the road, but you're living your dream, aren't you? You have got what John Sanai calls the workation lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and I suppose for me, it's about what's important to you. And and for me, I, I love sport, rugby in particular. I love to travel. So my business is also a vehicle for me to extend that so that I'm I look for where I want to be in the world around certain sported events. So whether that's uh, seeing David Beckham play in the, in the Inter Milan AC Milan Derby a few years ago, whether it's at the Dubai Sevens, you know, whether it's you know being in Singapore or Hong Kong or anywhere around the world that, that I want to be at, um, I look to type my trips in to build uh, regular trips around regular clients who will give me regular work so that I'm able to be where I want to be uh, live how I want to live and, and make the money I want to make.
0: And I'm delighted that my chosen country of adopted um, lifestyle is South Africa. And you're here about six months of the year because a, we've got sunshine, rugby and beer and those three and cricket. <laughs> you love all four of those. Now, oh, normally, absolutely. normally with a minute to go on the interview, I said to my guest, how do people get hold of you? But now I'm not even going to suggest that because Andy Preston is my guest name. You'd expect the top recommended sales speaker and trainer in the world to be all over social media and the Internet. I'm just going to tell you to Google his name, Andy Preston, and you'll be amazed at what comes up. Um, Andy, you know, time is against us. I've got to say in closing, though, it's a real joy knowing you around the world. You've helped me in my career spectacularly. And um, I look forward to spending more time with you at conferences around the planet over 2016, my friend.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Michael. Likewise, my friend.
0: And we'll see you at a rugby game or in a bar or somewhere in the world where the sun's shining very, very soon. You've been listening to In Conference with Michael Jackson, my special guest today, Andy Preston, the top recommended sales speaker and trainer. Around the planet. Go and Google him. Find out what's going on. Listen to this podcast again and again. Get your mindset right. Live the vocation lifestyle. Andy Preston from me and uh, from him and me. It's thank you until our next podcast. Cliff
1: Central Revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.